0: Greetings and welcome. My name is James White. We're doing a comparison of the mechanism by which the New Testament came to us over time, especially how it was transmitted in the first few hundred years, and that of the Quran. How was the Quran? collated, how is it transmitted early on. And what we're doing is we're looking specifically at what Islamic sources say. We're not looking at uh, liberal scholarship that uh, questions the early history of the Qur'an and places the Qur'an much later in history than Muslim sources do. We've been looking at what is found in the Hadith literature in Sahih al-Bukhari about the Uthmanic revision where Uthman orders Zaid bin Thabit and others to collect the material of the Quran and he produces one final text, one official text that is then copied and sent to each of the provinces and all copies of the Quran must come from that final text. We've been asking the question, what was the process that brought this about and should this not cause some concern to the Muslim who wants to make the assertion that the mechanism by which the Quran was given to us is somehow better than that which was used in the New Testament. Now one of the things that I mentioned to you was that there were a number of ayah that were found in the memory of only one person. I read from you to you from Sahih al-Bukhari one of those ayah, I didn't get a chance to read the second one which uh, co- again comes with Saeed bin Thabit, he said, a verse from Surat Azab was missed by me when we copied the Quran. And I used to hear Allah's apostle reciting it. So we searched for it and found it with Kuzayma bin Thabit al-Ansari. That verse was, among the believers are men who have been true in their covenant with Allah. Now here is an important ayah. And here, bin Thabit ad- admits, even when we had first put all of this together, we missed this and we found it. We, we had to go searching for it because I had, it sounds like he had some sort of vague recollection of it, but he wasn't actually sure what it was. And they eventually found it with this one particular individual. If that took place with a such as important verse as this, could there be other verses that, that may, maybe thought it Bethab did not remember that if they had looked for it, they could have obtained it. They could have found it it is very difficult to say and and again it, it raises all sorts of questions as to exactly why we would believe that a committee derived version of the Quran even an early on version very you know within a couple of decades of the time of Muhammad even that the literature seems to indicate had difficulties there were problems with it those are questions that the Muslim must consider when looking at the history of the Quran, now the history of the transmission of the text of the New Testament is completely different. There never was a time when there was a Christian Uthman. There never was a time when there could have been an official version of these texts produced. And there never was a time when Christians burned previous writings of the New Testament after creating a formalized version as we see with Uthman. The reason is fairly obvious. There is such a vast difference between the context of the writing of the Quran, the collection of the materials and the promulgation of Uthman's version and that of the Christian era. Why? Well, because The Muslims were expanding. There was one particular organization that controlled all the Muslims. There is a Muslim government, armed forces that are battling on all fronts to expand the Islamic uh, nation and empire. And what do you have in Christianity when the New Testament is being written? Well, you do have one very powerful nation, but it is opposed to Christianity. What you have is the Roman Empire. And the Roman Empire is persecuting Christians. And so you see, unlike the situation with Uthman, where he can copy an edition of the Quran and then he can send a, a particular copy to this province and that province, then it can be openly copied from in that context, Christians couldn't do that. In fact, Christians risked their lives to make any copy of the scriptures at all. And then there's another vitally important difference. You see, the Quran has one source from Islamic, the Islamic perspective in Muhammad. The Bible, the New Testament, does not. The New Testament is written by a number of different men in a number of different places at different times. We don't even know exactly where Matthew was composed or, or where, where John was composed. We can have some ideas in some situations. We know the recipients of certain of Paul's letters, for example. But you see, these took place at different times during those first 50 and 60 years of of Christian history and in different places. So there never was a time when anyone could have just gathered up all that fragmentary information and created one single text or altered the text and then burned the evidence of the alteration. That never could have happened. There was never any centralized Christian church that had that kind of control. The church in that day uh, had difficulty communicating between the various major churches. It would take people many days, even weeks and months to go from one place to another. And they were always in hiding. They were under persecution. Many times their leaders are being killed by the Roman authorities or imprisoned by them. And so there's a completely different context to deal with in the New Testament. And so as a result, I would say that there is a much better basis for asserting that the New Testament has come down to us as the original authors intended than you even have for the Quran. How can I make such a statement? Well, let's consider just a couple things. Since we can't go past Uthman, since we can only go back to his version, is that the case with any book of the New Testament at all? And I would assert to you, it is not. All of the New Testament books, when they went to a church, when Paul wrote to the church at Philippi, for example, that church would consider that letter to be very important. And when other Christians would come into the fellowship and they would want to know what Paul said to the church at Philippi, they would be allowed to make a copy of that letter and take it to their church. And then it would go from that church to other churches. What happens is the text of the New Testament within a very short period of time has been spread all over the Roman Empire. Yes, in fragmentary form. Eventually, they start gathering together. Paul's epistles, for example. We'll see a a picture of one of the earliest collections of Paul's epistles in just a moment. But the point is, the text of the New Testament exploded out across the Roman Empire because Christians wanted everyone to hear the message of Jesus. There wasn't just one group that said, oh, we, we need to control our text. We need to have only one text. Because you see... In the Christian faith, Christianity is promulgated not by battles, not by taking over a particular nation, but by the changing of the heart. And the way in which the heart is changed is through the preaching of the message. And so these documents that would explain that message and would tell people about Jesus, Christians wanted them to go everywhere. And so they did. And so what that means is there was never a time when anyone could come along and alter all of these things and change the very wording of the New Testament. Now, as we go back into history, because Christians did not try to create one particular version, but instead wanted to uh, get the message out to everyone, we can find very ancient manuscripts. And in fact, we are always excited when we find new ancient manuscripts of the New Testament. Very different from what happened, for example, only a few decades ago, uh, when the Sa'ana manuscript finds were discovered in Yemen. There were many Muslims who were very concerned that maybe, possibly, these might contain even pre-Uthmanic manuscripts that would overthrow the text of the Quran, and these manuscripts did, in fact, Uh, raise questions about some of the readings within the text of the Quran. There's a very different perspective, mindset on the part of Christian scholarship looking at the New Testament than there is amongst many believing Muslims about the text of the Quran. But let's look at some examples of these ancient texts that Christians wrote. For example, here is a picture of the earliest manuscript we have of any portion of the New Testament. Now, there are some who might say that we actually have a, uh, some, from, some fragmentary evidence elsewhere that is arguably from the New Testament. But at least as far as all scholarship is concerned, this little fragment written on both sides of a piece of papyri, papyri being a, a, a form of, of writing uh, material that is formed by taking the leaves of the papyrus plant and place, placing them across one another in a, at right angles and drying them and brushing them. Here is a, fo- a little v- fragment about this big, uh, manuscript P52, from around A.D. 125. This is very, very early, far earlier uh, than almost anything that had existed for the Quran until the Sa'ana manuscript finds uh, that took place a few decades ago. And so here you have actually, interestingly enough, a portion of the Gospel of John uh, from the 18th chapter of the Gospel of John from A.D. 125. Now remember, the person who wrote this would have done so at the risk of their lives. How different than what would have happened when Uthman sent one of those freshly copied editions of the Quran. And it was in an excellent form, and and it's carried with pomp and circumstance, and it's guarded by guards, and it's brought into the province, and now that becomes the standard, and all the copies of the Quran that are made come from that. How different would have been the circumstances of probably the very poor Christian, maybe a businessman, a sailor, maybe even a slave who had learned to write, who wrote this little fragment of the Gospel of John. A vast difference between the two. And so we look at these manuscripts, and we have to remember that their transmission to us over time was not through some governmental authority. These are found buried in the sands of Egypt. These are found, found uh, hidden away uh, in, in a cave someplace. These were had to be hidden from the authorities. They weren't produced by the authorities. A vast difference between the New Testament and the Quran. Here's another papyrus manuscript, P75. It's from, from the end of the second century, beginning of the third century. AD 175 maybe 225 in that time, that time frame. It contains part of Luke and John. Again, the Gospels, and this is a much fuller manuscript. But again, we have these early sources that we can go back to and look at, and they're all from different places. These aren't the same person making these. This isn't, there's not one New Testament text someplace that the church is hidden away in the desert somewhere, and if you want to have a copy of these books, you've got to send off to there. No, these are being copied by Christians who want to have the message of Jesus spread as far and wide as possible. Now, as a result, because they are handwritten, when anyone writes something in handwriting, there can be differences in spelling, you can skip a word, but since we have so many manuscripts and we know the kinds of errors that scribes naturally make, not maliciously, but because we are human beings, we remember things in a certain way, we see things in a certain way, sometimes we don't see things correctly, sometimes we don't hear things correctly, we don't remember things correctly, even though we just read the line and we're now writing it down, or even in our day, even sitting in a computer. Anyone who does any type of transcription work, where you are copying out of a printed source onto a computer, we're sitting in air-conditioned rooms, we have fluorescent lighting, we have a computer to tell us even when we've misspelled things, and do we still make errors? We most certainly do. But if these were, if all we had was just one manuscript, well then that issue of errors would be a major problem, but we don't. In fact, we have about 5,300 manuscripts of the Greek New Testament. That does not mean each one of those 5,300 is complete. P75 here, for example, is, is not a complete manuscript of the entire New Testament. P52 is obviously just of a couple of different verses. But we have 5,300 manuscripts, many of which are complete, of the New Testament, handwritten form in Greek, and twenty to 25,000 or more manuscripts of the New Testament in other languages because very early on, Christians wanted the gospel to go to all people, and so they did not believe that the gospel was somehow uh, integrally connected to Greek or in the Old Testament to Hebrew. And so they wanted the gospel to be translated into other languages so that other people could hear the message of Jesus. And they believed that the message of the gospels can be translated. It can be brought into other languages. And so there are thousands of Latin, Boharic, Syriac, Coptic. These languages very early on received the translation of the New Testament so that people could hear about Jesus. In fact, it's really one of the tragedies of history from my perspective that the earliest manuscripts that we have of the Christian scriptures coming into Arabic come from well over 200 years after the time of Muhammad. He did not have access to the New Testament in his own language. We have to wonder what might have been had that translation taken place before that time period, and he would have had access, a more accurate knowledge and access of the New Testament text because the scriptures had been translated into Arabic before his time so that he would have access to them. Here's another uh, manuscript. This uh, is manuscript uh, P66, and here you can see as you look at the graphic, you can see this is the entire book. And you can see what has happened over toward the right edge. You can see that since these are made of papyri and papyri dries and becomes brittle, that things can be damaged. And so as I have my critical edition of the Greek New Testament here, I can look down and I can see in my footnotes citations of P75 and P66. But then I might go a few verses down and I can't find a citation of that any longer. And then it picks up again a little bit later. Why? Well, because as you can see here, the text goes off that page. There's a portion of the page that is simply missing. And so it cannot give testimony to what was there uh, because the the manuscript has been damaged. Almost any ancient manuscript has that kind of damage, but the papyri manuscripts especially are subject to this because the nature of papyrus is not nearly as durable as, for example, a a vellum or a leather type of manuscript would be. And so the papyrus manuscripts have these kinds of issues with them, and most of them uh, had spent a good 1,800 years of their history uh, buried in the ground, which is not exactly the best place uh, for the maintaining of a nice, pristine form of paper. And so it is actually amazing that we have any of these that have been preserved for us over the years. Here's another important manuscript, P46. Uh, P46 is of Paul's epistles. And it's a very early correction, a collection from around AD 200 that has all of Paul's epistles that he sent to the various churches gathered into one particular book. Remember, it would be difficult to, uh, to make books out of papyri that would be very long lasting. And they also couldn't be all that big uh, because of the bulk of that kind of writing material itself. But when we look at Paul's epistles and we want to see, for example, the consistency of his testimony to the, uh, the fact that Jesus is the son of God or to the fact of the crucifixion, and the resurrection. Here we have early, early manuscripts, many, many centuries, uh, P66, P75, which you saw before, many centuries prior to the rise of Muhammad. Why is that important? Well, because all of these manuscripts contain the very teachings that Muhammad in the Quran denied. Uh, Specifically, uh, you have in P75 and in P66, you have the Gospel of John. And you have the section that talks about the Holy Spirit of God in John 14 and 16. Many Muslims today believe that that section has somehow been altered or changed to where instead of the reading parakletos, the comforter, the Holy Spirit, that is found in John 14 and 16, many Muslims believe it was originally perikluptos, which means the exalted one, which they take as a name for Muhammad. The fact is, there is not a single manuscript in all the world that has that kind of reading in it in the Gospel of John, not one. And the, and the fact of the matter is, Given the nature of the text, any reading that enters into the text does not disappear from the text. What do I mean by that? This is the concept of tenacity. Once an error comes into the text, it stays there. So if there had once been a reading perikluptos in John 14 and 16, there would be evidence of that in a manuscript someplace. Now, you might say, well, if, the, if it sounds like you just said that once errors enter in, they stay there. Is that a good thing? Yes, it's a very good thing, and let me explain why. You see, we can, det- we can detect errors. We can compare manuscript to manuscript and see where errors are. But if entire readings could just disappear from the manuscript tradition, the, the, the body of manuscripts themselves, then we would have to admit that the original could likewise just disappear. But that is not the case. And because of the tenacity of the text, whenever we are examining even a variant reading, and 99% of the text does not contain meaningful variants that affect the translation and the meaning of the text at all. But even when we are looking at those textual variants that are important to study, we're not just engaging in an exercise in futility. We can have the confidence that one of the variants that we're examining is the original because the original is not going to simply disappear. That's how we know that when people say, oh, those original New Testament texts, they said this, they said that. No, the manuscript tradition is too full. It has too much of a a worldwide flavor to it. These manuscripts are found far apart from one another. Manuscripts were being copied and then one copy would be copied by two different people and then maybe one person would make a copy from three different texts. They're all intertwined with one another. So this idea of editing and wholesale changing, whenever a medieval scribe, for example, wanted to try to harmonize a statement from Matthew and Luke, maybe not understanding the background, just being ignorant of what was being said, we can detect that to this very day by the examination of these manuscripts and christian scholars are involved in this kind of study on a regular basis there is a vast difference in the mindset and the attitude of christian scholarship toward the manuscripts of the new testament than what you find in amongst muslim scholars the vast majority of muslim scholars toward the manuscripts of the quran and even those muslim scholars who do would love to see a critical edition of the quran produced recognize that in most Islamic countries, in most countries where Sharia law has been established, they would never even be allowed to suggest the project, let alone go forward with it. Because that would raise the specter in the minds of many of questioning the validity of the Quranic text. And so there's a vast difference between the perspective of Uthman, who put together this, very good committee. There's no question that the people he chose, Zaid bin Thabit and others, would have been excellent people to choose to collect, collect together the Quran. But they were still just human beings and they themselves admit that their evidence was fragmentary, that many of the Quran had already died in, the, in battles and that some of the ayah were found in the memories of only one person and even when they thought they had finished putting it all together, then all of a sudden remembered, oh, wait a minute, There is one I forgot, they search for it and find it. What if there is another one they forgot or another one beyond that or one that would explain Surah 4:157, so that we could read the Quran and recognize that it's not denying that Jesus died upon the cross. What if those things are true? But you see, the Uthmanic revision has no parallel whatsoever in the New Testament. There was never a Christian Uthman. There was never the creation of one standardized text. There could not have been because the text came from different places in the Roman Empire. They were just, it was distributed all over the Roman Empire in the very earliest generations, in the very earliest decades. There never was a time when a parallel could be found between these two. and So that's why I say, while you can only trace the Uthmanic text back to Uthman himself, not back to its original writings, you can only go back as far as the editing goes, that is not the case with the New Testament, because it is so much fuller. It's not just one line coming from, here's Uthman, you've got one line coming up from there, and hence this has to be accurate, or everything else after that doesn't work. We have so many lines, so many sources for our New Testament that we do not suffer from the same problem that the Quran does at that time. Someone might say, well, we don't have a Quran that has any of those notes in it. That's right, but that's not a good thing. That's a bad thing. I understand how a person might say, well, but I I just want to have absolute certainty. Sometimes the cost of absolute certainty is truth itself. And that's not something that truth-loving people want to do, to trade truth for absolute certainty. So I would ask that you would think about these things. If you're a Christian, be encouraged in the evidence for your New Testament. If you're a Muslim, consider these things, examine these things. That's my desire. Thank you very much.